whatever attacks come in. Lord, may we know that we look to no one else but you. We look to no other name but the name of Jesus. The only name that overcame. Holy, righteous Son of God. The Lamb of God slain for us. Lord, may we see you rightly this year. May we acknowledge you as Lord over our lives, Lord, and may we conform, yield to you, Holy Spirit, to cleanse our hearts and, cre- our hearts and create new hearts in us, to purify our hearts, Lord, so then we can bring sinners to you. Only when you do the work in us, Lord, then can we go out into the world. So, Lord, prepare our hearts for this year. May we see Jesus right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. How are we all today? We good? Who's happy to be back? Yes, one person. <laughs> Beautiful worship. Hallelujah. Who's ready for this year? Who's ready for this year? Amen. I said before I finished off last year that it's going to be a year of consistency. But the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me that it's going to be a year also of making disciples. And with that comes commitment unwavering commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask every person here, by God's grace, to surrender your life to Christ. Because it is the only way. Can everyone hear me? Yeah? Good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, so are we ready with this commitment? So like I said, we're going to be fasting together and we're going to be praying together. Uh, this is an invitation. Uh, whatever I ask is an invitation uh, to fast and pray together as a church, as a body. So I'll be starting my first fast um, after tonight. And we'll be fasting till Tuesday night. It's probably a six and a half day fast but we're going to be fasting till Tuesday night. So from tonight to Tuesday night, just water or hot water with a bit of lemon just to destroy your stinky breath. (laughs) So it is an invitation, but I encourage you to take that step because Jesus says, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. This is something 
that you can never be ready for. It's just a commitment. If God says it, you can do it. We all have uh, full-time jobs where we work. Uh, if I can do it, anyone can do it. The first day or two days is a bit challenging, but after that, it's easy. Heaps of water. Get off social media. Dive into the Word of God. If you're not in the Word of God, pray in the Holy Spirit. If you're not in the Holy Spirit, worship the Lord. And this is something that I prepare you for. This is not why you fast. This should be every day that you do. But I encourage you now when you're fasting, Jesus wants your heart. He doesn't want something that you're ticking off. So this is an invitation for every person here to fast. Please, anyone who complains, don't fast. <laughs> anyone who's going to approach you in a negative way, don't fast. But if you want to see results, and if you want to encounter the Lord, do what God says. Amen. Amen. Heaps of water. Get off everything. Your normal duties of work, yeah, you need to do that. But, and you can do that. You don't need to stay home. For the people that are really thinking, I'll just take a break off work. You can go to work. But all the time that you have free after work, invest it in God. Amen. Everything uh, that we've learned by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, we're going to teach you. The rest is up to you. And it is the commitment. But let me tell you something. It's worth it. Because you encounter the living God. Nothing's more powerful than that. Nothing's more in, in, uh, powerful when you encounter the living God. He's not dead. We are dead. He wants us to be alive. So, um, is this the lady here? No, she's not. Okay. Who likes to hear about testimonies? I, I have a testimony about myself. Normally I'm sharing what the Lord's done. But this is a beautiful testimony uh, for myself. And this testimony uh, came through pain. So I like to share. When I went on, um, I went for a holiday. Unfortunately, I got sick. Um, I got a flu, sinus infection. I had a hole in my tooth. And I'm not sharing it. I'm just sharing it to show you how I turned to Jesus. Not in the big things, but in the small things also. That shows me that God cares for every area of my life. And I share this so you can reflect upon your life. That the same way God is Lord over the big things, and He shifts those big things that He needs to shift, He can also shift the little things. Can I share with you? Oh, it's never happened to me, but I want to share it. So, <clears throat> so I thought I was Rambo going to fish in the rain, three days in the rain, the wind, the storm. And I said to myself, I haven't fished the whole year. I'm going to fish and I'm going to have a good time. Anyways, the second day I fished and I got sick. 
and I got really sick. I had like a sinus infection, um, my ear, but I had the pain here that I couldn't sleep. And it was for three days that I could not sleep, not a moment. And on the third day, something interesting happened. And this whole time I'm praying. The first day I had to have seven showers from the pain in my mouth. Just to sit under hot water so I can relieve the pain. And I share this because Christians can have challenges, but Jesus can deliver them all. Christians can have sicknesses, Jesus can deliver them all. Christians can get attacked, Jesus can deliver them all. This is how Christ wants us to attack every area of our life. We can have challenges, we can have situations, but Jesus can help us in all of them. And on the third day, it was five in the morning, it was five in the morning, and I said to the Lord, I have to sleep, Lord. Please, you have to help me. And in that moment, I was praying the whole time, three nights, praying in the Spirit. And in that moment, I got taken in a vision. In that moment when I said it, I got taken into a vision, and there was a padlock. There was a padlock right in front of my eyes. And the padlock opened. And the moment the padlock opened... I, got I, got, I landed on a golden road, but this golden road was so thick. It was like stones that are so wide in this room, like golden, thick stones. And the moment, the moment my feet touched that golden road, I heard a voice. And you know what the voice said? As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And that moment, my pain left. And I just want to share with you the access we have through Jesus Christ. We have this access. Doesn't matter where you are in your journey. Doesn't matter where you are in your life. We have access because of Jesus Christ to enter where he is. When I landed on the road, a crystal shined on the road, but I couldn't see the crystal. I just saw the shade of the crystal. Then I saw rubies, like the color of rubies, shine on the road as my feet was walking. And I kept hearing the voice, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And there's no sickness in heaven. There's no possession in heaven. There's no trouble in heaven. We can live a life from heaven on earth. But the most important thing from this here, I kept my eyes on Christ. By God's grace, and I, I don't say this boastfully, I, 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 I want Jesus and his word and the Holy Spirit to be my medicine. And I don't say it boastfully. Please. That's the faith that I want to have. I, I, I choose not to take medication because I want Jesus Christ to be the one who sustains me in every area of my life. And let me tell you something. There has been times where I want to rely on the wisdom on, of this world. 
to fix or to heal or to sustain me or just to keep me going, I choose to have those encounters with the Lord. And let me share something with you. If you have this unwavering faith, if you have this unwavering faith, Jesus can do that for your life also. If you have this unwavering faith, Jesus can do this for your life also. Because faith, let me say something, the true meaning of faith is it has no backup plan. As simple as it can be, it's like that. I waited three days, but he came. But he came. I waited three days, but he came. And that one sentence he said, my feet landed on, I believe, was the road of heaven. And it, was, it wasn't shiny. It was so thick. And I heard the voice, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And I woke up and everything gone. And I had seven showers. Imagine the pain that I was feeling. And I slept all the way through. And I just share something with you. These are little victories for me. But this shows me something bigger, that Jesus cares for every area of my life. So does he for you. And I share with you, those encounters that makes Jesus so real for my life. You don't have to die to go to heaven. You can go there now. You are seated in heavenly places. At the right hand of God, so are we. And the lie is that we have to die to go to heaven. You don't have to die to go to heaven. You can go now. Because that's where Jesus teaches you. Amen. I had an amazing testimony. I prayed for one lady. I share it with you. I, I thought she was going to come today, but she didn't come. I got called to a, a hospital in St. Vincent's, right? St. Vincent's. And I went there Friday night, torturous. Everyone's gone clubbing and going to the casino. One hour and a half traffic. And I'm trying to get over this bridge to get to this hospital. <laughs> and the lady the ladies she's my age around 37 and I, I don't know if she's got one daughter or she's got three kids but she has but she has children she has children and I share this testimony. There's wisdom in this testimony. There's wisdom in this testimony. Um, not the sickness itself, but the build-up to the sickness. And this lady was asking me, what do I need to do to be healed? Um, unfortunately, she was in her last uh, days. And, and I said to her, faith... Faith shows itself when you're, you're up against a strong opposition. Do you know that? Faith, the word faith, it's always used against a strong opponent or a strong opposition. And the lady said, the lady said, what do I need to do to be healed? 
And she, she came out of a Catholic background. And I said to her, I said to her, there's no cross. The cross that you have to carry on earth is the freedom that Jesus purchased for us. There's no sickness that you have to carry on earth to glorify Jesus. Because you may die, you may get healed. I said, there's no glory in dying. We are alive through the grace of our Lord Jesus. Anyways, the Lord showed me some things about her past, about her hating herself, or her, I know it's sensitive, but this is not to speak about the guilt, just to show you the deeper wisdom. She was hating herself. She was hard on herself all her life. And she always looked down on herself. That was the build-up to her sickness. Because when you attack God's creation, which is you, you're perfect in the image of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When you hate God's creation, which is you, your body attacks itself. Anyways, we prayed and she's in recovery now through Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you something. The sickness itself is not where I see the breakthrough. The breakthrough is her identity got restored by Jesus Christ. Not the sickness itself. I didn't glory in the sickness because imagine that the Holy Spirit taken away the cancer and he hasn't dealt with her identity in how much God loves her. That's the victory itself. Is the Holy Spirit dealt with her character, dealt with her heart, that she is loved and that she's accepted through Jesus Christ. That's the victory. Because imagine the Holy Spirit taking the cancer away. It can appear in another area of her life. And I wanted to share that with you. We Christians see the build-up as something that God has to deal with. But the Holy Spirit sees, the Holy Spirit sees those little things that she believed that she grew up into that formed that disease. So it's a lesson for us to see deeper. And to understand that the Holy Spirit's trying to deal with the small things in your life that leads to a bigger mountain where the enemy begins to destroy people. And I just wanted to share that with you. That the Holy Spirit teaches me like this. Not to look at the cancer as the problem, but to look up to the build-up that produced the cancer. Are we understanding? Okay. So who likes when I ask questions? about the scriptures and most of the time no one gets them so for the people that i shared it with for the people that i shared it with one sec please Yeah, it's probably someone else. Um, so, how many people here want to develop confidence with the Lord? All of us, right? How many people are confident in the Lord, in their journey? Hands up. Okay. Okay. So, I want to ask one question. How do you, for the people that I told, 
please don't put your hand up. So how do you think the Lord develops confidence in your life? Do you think it's in the name of Jesus that confidence is produced? Whoever think it's in a name, put your hands up. Wow, smart. How do you believe, or sorry, what do you believe produces confidence in your life in regards to your walk with Jesus Christ? If I was to tell you today, are you walking confident with the Lord? And are you seeing those fruits or those results of confidence in the Lord? What would you think to be the key to that success to be confident in the Lord? Hands up, anyone? So we've got a microphone? Yeah, well, we don't need a microphone. Do we need a microphone? What do you think the key would be to produce confidence in the Lord? What do you think it would be? What's that, sorry? Hardship can produce confidence. Yeah, there's a bit of there. Anyone else? What do you think the key to confidence with the Lord is? I'm looking for one word. Love? Who said love? So I want love. Love? So one sec, sorry. Relationship? All right, one sec, please, one second. So Enoch? Encountering him through tribulation. Yeah, there's a bit of truth there. So who so who is that? Faith. Faith? Amen. Faith? Trust? Joy? The word? Amen. So I'm looking for one word. When you get it, I will let you know. Hope, grace. Yeah, they're, both, they're, they're good answers, but I'm just looking for one word. What's that, sorry? Identity? Prayer? The blood? Yeah. Wisdom? Mercy? Presence? I like this, I like this. I always get the most challenging questions. I know. There's a scripture for it. There's a scripture for it. If that makes you a bit happy. What's that, sorry? Knowledge of who he is, amen. What'd you say? Did you say anything? Sounded like the answer. Huh? Get, getting to know him? Not yet. Anyone else? What's that? Everyone's gone on Google. <laughs> Everyone's on Google now. <laughs> so what do you think the key to confidence with the Lord Jesus Christ would be? So knowing he's our father and we are these children, yes, it's a good answer, but it's not the one that I'm looking for. What's that? Who, who said that? Stand up, bro. Stand up. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. <laughs> well done. Good. I like that. 
Let's go to Philemon chapter 1, verse 21. Well done. Philemon chapter 1, verse 21. So we're going to unlock this scripture here. We're going to unlock this. And please, please, I don't, I don't choose these verses to like trap people. I'm just trying to teach you. And I like to work the crowd. All the answers that you all said, they're, 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 there's truth in all of them. But I'm looking for the key to our success with Jesus Christ. Can I say something? Jesus didn't call us on earth to lack confidence. Christianity today lacks confidence, especially with the one who purchased us by his blood. We are to be so confident in where? In which part of our life are we to be confident? In the way that we obey. Now, this is sound doctrine because you're going to see here how confidence is formed in our journey. So let's, let's have a look here. So this is Paul speaking to Philemon. And he said here, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Now, confidence, confidence is produced in your walk of obedience. Now, can I, say, can I ask a question, everyone here? Do you believe you're obedient in your journey? Hands up here who believe they are obedient in their journey. Hands up. Okay, everyone put their hands up. Wise, very wise. Whoever put their hands down, very wise. Because I won't even put my hand up yet. <laughs> and I actually mean it. But I'm steering towards that. I'm steering towards that. I know what God wants now in my journey. He wants me to obey. What does the Bible say? Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. You can sacrifice everything in your life and your heart's not obedient, you've achieved nothing. Obedience, nothing is more, nothing speaks louder when you're obedient to Christ. Nothing. And it's the truth. Because when you pray, He comes. When you speak, He speaks. There's nothing more powerful than obediently walking with God. What's the opposite of obedience? What else? Rebellion? Anymore? Pride? What's that, sorry? Malice? What's the opposite of obedience? Sin? Rebellion, they said that. Pride, they said that. Strife, strife. Unbelief. Selfishness, the biggest one, selfishness. That's the biggest one. The, the enemy of obedience is selfishness. 
Paul talks to Timothy, in the latter days there will be people, lovers of what? Then money, then boastful. You see the pattern? The pattern is lovers of themselves first. That's the issue we have today in the body of Christ. That the greatest dangers of why people are lacking confidence in the Lord is because they are lovers of themselves. That means they deserve what they want. So, the way the Bible sees confidence is very different to the way the world sees confidence. I'm going to explain it today. So for the people that put their hands up and, and believe that they are obedient, please, I'm not attacking anyone. But I'm just telling you the truth. We have so much work to do in our hearts, I cannot speak about it. I would rather, let me say it like this, humbly, I learned a secret with the Holy Spirit. I'd rather be invited up than me climbing up myself. Did you hear someone? I learned this secret with the Holy Spirit. I will never say that I've attained anything. I'll let Christ invite me to this place. Did you hear anyone? Uh, this has never allowed me to go before my time. There are secrets about the Holy Spirit. That's one of them. Is to let Him invite you to that place rather than you going by force. This has always allowed me to become teachable with the Holy Spirit. Because when I think that I've achieved anything, then there's no more input for Him to speak in my life. And it's the truth. There's something in my journey that I don't want to destroy. It's my relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's something that I do not want to destroy. And when I think I've attained something in my life, then there's no more work for Him to do in my heart. I let Him invite me to that place, then me think that I've achieved something in my own strength. That's one secret that's kept Him speaking to me. One secret that's always kept him talking to me, even in the most hardest times, he keeps speaking to me. Because in my, in my flesh, in the way that I think I can walk, I will never sustain myself, but only what the Holy Spirit says for me. So the Bible talks in the Old Testament, it says, when you go to the house of God, go rather to what? Listen, than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Go to listen. Why? Why listen? Because there's always something you can learn about your heart that will make you more like Christ. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? So I learned this secret in my journey, believe me. In me, only the Holy Spirit can speak. When I think that I've achieved something in the natural, believe me. 
it's not worth it than God doing that work inside of you. No, it's not worth it. Everything that, I have to say this, everything that I've done in my journey, it's been God inviting me to this place. And believe me, with every promise he gave me, there's always a condition, if you remain humble. Every promise God gave me, there was always a condition, if you remain humble. That's what I heard when God tells me that I'm going to begin to do this in your life. So there's one thing I don't want to uh, destroy in my journey, my relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to show you the word in the Greek. We have Tammy here, thank God, my long lost friend. So the word confidence, whoever is following here, the word confidence, it's from the Strong's 3982. It, it's actually an amazing description. The word, the word is pitho. Sorry, don't laugh at me, please. Pitho? Pitho? No, nothing? So anyways, I'll say what I think it means. Pitho. <laughs> so the word is pytho, pytho. Anyways, so that's the that's the word. The word confidence from the Strong's three nine eight two. It's pytho. You know the first description of that 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 um, word confidence. Guess what the first description of it is? To make it your friend. Isn't that interesting? God wants confidence to be your friend. Because what's the doorway to confidence? What do you think comes after confidence? Hope. What, what produces, what's produced after hope? Faith is released. Can you see it? The reason why so many people, they're not seeing the results that faith promises is because they are not walking in confidence with God. And when you see the meaning here, you say, well, let me take a step back here and let's focus on my own journey with the Lord. Okay, because you are now when you see the description of what it means to be confident with the Lord. So the word, paitho, is to make it your friend. The question you must ask yourself, what is it that he wants you to be friends with? You want to see the first word? Let's have a look. The word that God wants to make friends with, to yield. The word yield. I'm going to show you the definition of what it means to yield. So let's say you want confidence to be part of your walk. And God wants to make friends with something that confidence produces. The word is yield. Now the word yield, it means to give up and cease resistance in regards to temptation and habits that are produced from the flesh. Now that's a war in itself. Yeah, let's take a step back now. 
this Jesus in Jesus' name and in the name of Jesus and name this all this means nothing. When you see here the first word already, you begin to see God is a God of order. We are so good at speaking. God is a God of order. And I say it for myself first. The word yield, this is what it defines from the Webster's Dictionary. The word yield means to give up and cease resistance in regards to temptation habits that are produced from the flesh. The first one, the first area that God sees confidence in your life and He wants it to be your friend when you're destroying the works of your flesh. Deep breath. Deep thought. And isn't that interesting here? He focuses on two areas, temptation and habit. What does the flesh do? What, what does the enemy do? He tempts you first. Then he tries to make it your habit. What does the Holy Spirit do? Resist it. Make walking in the Spirit your habit. But can I share something with you here? The importance of knowing the Holy Spirit to, to reject the work of the flesh or the walk of the flesh is so important. Let me tell you something. If you haven't built the relationship with the Holy Spirit, that will be very difficult to obtain. Because once you know the Holy Spirit, He destroys the sin. He destroys that habit. He's the one that pulls down those strongholds. It's the Holy Spirit. Why so many people are struggling in their journey and not seeing the benefits that comes from confidence is because they haven't asked the Holy Spirit to come into that area. He, he knows everything. He's waiting for you to invite Him into that area. So here... That's the first meaning of yield. That's the first meaning of yield, meaning to give up and cease resistance in regard to temptation and habits that are produced from the flesh. Now, isn't it interesting when you first come to Christ, you have something that not many people see, it's the enemy. You know what it's called? Resistance. Resistance. When you want to read the Word of God, there's a resistance coming against you. When you want to pray, there's a resistance coming against you. When you want to seek the face of God, there's a resistance coming against you. You have to fight against it. You have to fight against it. Because the more you lean, the more you give into that resistance, your flesh and habit becomes part of your lifestyle. You can fight it. Why can we fight it? Because greater is the one who's in us. That's why we can fight it. He's in us now. Stop giving. Stop giving. Uh, stop giving light to your flesh. Your Holy Spirit's in you now. Next one. To give up the contest and submit. 
to surrender and comply with regarding his will. Now that's the first definition of what it means to be confident in the Lord. Now who wants to put their hand up? Don't put your hand up. You begin to see here now the wrestle and the fight that every believer undergoes in the beginning of their journey. And how much you have to be secured, how much you have to be secured to live day by day in the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you, when I saw this revelation, when God showed me what he's looking for, I started to focus on my own heart. I stopped looking outside. I stopped trying to be someone I'm not. And I started to work with what, what's really happening in my life. Is that the truth? Is that the truth? God has to work on this. And that's the, that's the area that so many people, I feel, neglect. Because what's the doorway to sin? Temptation and habit. Then you become a slave to sin. You become a slave to the carnal man. And when you deal with temptation and when you deal with habit, it's broken. You live in the realm of the spirit. So the, the first question now you have to ask yourself, are you friends with the word called yielding? Have you made that your friend? Where you're resisting temptation and you're resisting habits from the natural man. What does the natural man do from day to day? It never wants to do the things of Christ because they're always in opposition. That's what the natural man does naturally. He always wants to do the things opposite to the Spirit. They're always in conflict. Now, how do you deal with that? We're not called to fight the flesh. We're called to live in the Spirit. And you can do this every day. You can walk in the Spirit every day. But the key is just to live for that day. Don't worry how you're going to sustain it tomorrow. Don't worry how you're going to continue to be devoted to Christ. Just live day by day with the Lord. That's the key. That's the key to success. Work on the day that God has given you. That's the key. Today I'm going to read the word. You can do that because you're living in that day. You can't do what's tomorrow because you're not there yet. Do we understand? You're not there yet. So why are you even thinking about it? Live for that day. The greatest danger is you believing I'm going to change tomorrow, but you haven't even got there yet. Live for the day. You know, when I learned to live for the day, the Holy Spirit started to talk to me because I didn't make excuses about tomorrow. <laughs> he started to speak to me about the present. I am is present. It's not the past or the future. It's present. God wants to work with what's present he doesn't want to work with what's the future or what's the past that means he has you there right there in that moment work with him speak with him worship him live for him i'm just teaching you basic truths 
that gave me the platform for the Holy Spirit to begin to be my friend. Tomorrow is a mystery. I'm not going to focus about tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I may be in heaven. I don't know what's planned. God knows the days that he's put on earth for me. But the day that I have now, live in the present with God. So, the first word means to yield. Another one that I want to speak about, and it's so true. We go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Are we understanding today so far about what it means to be confident in the Lord? It's real, right? So let's say your flesh is overcoming you now and you're living by it. Speak to the Lord. He will help you. Don't be afraid to bring it to the light. He knows everything. Speak with Him. He will help you. But don't be ashamed and curve yourself and be the punching bag. Don't allow that to happen in your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Now here, another key to confidence is accepting God's discipline. Okay, so let's read it here. It says here, you must submit to correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now if you're exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you're not legitimate children and not sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we submitted and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of Spirits and live by learning from His discipline? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time as seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good so that we may share in His holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and God's purpose. Now what does discipline produce here? One major key here, the peace of Christ. Peace. So many people are looking for peace, but it's found in discipline. Now, Discipline regarding His holiness. So He talks about holiness here. What's holiness mean? To live like Christ. That's the key to confidence. When you live like Christ, you're confident because you're true to Him. You're walking with Him. There's no deceit in that area of your life anymore. There's nothing more powerful when you live like Christ, devoted to Him. 
your prayer becomes true. Your walk becomes true. Your lifestyle becomes true. There's no words needed for that. The power of God comes and rests upon you. It's the truth. Did, did, does anyone start like that? No, we all start weak, vulnerable, broken, rebellious, disobedient. We all start like this. But who is inside of us? It's God. He can help us. You have to know this. But you have to see where you're going. That's how God sees confidence. That's how God sees confidence. The same way I went to the Lord, the same way I went to the Lord for Him to heal my tooth, is the same way I asked Him to wash my heart. The same way I went to the Lord to restore what I was going through, I'm just give me a little example, is the same way I went to Him and, and showed Him all my heart what's inside of it. I didn't wish to hold anything upon myself but to entrust it to him who took it from me. So confidence, number one, is to yield. And how does God deal with habit and temptation? He has to discipline you. The Bible says it's painful, but at the end, at the end of that, he produces a seed of peaceful, righteous living with God. Imagine now your Fighting against it, that's when your journey becomes very hard. Did you hear? That's when it becomes very difficult. When you fight against what God's trying to do inside of you. And you want to drag it on and you want to walk in it and you want to feed it. That's when it becomes frustrating. That's when it becomes no peace. It's when you're fighting against God's discipline. Believe me, God's disciplined you to get Satan out of your life, to get sin out of your life, to get the flesh out of your life. And people want to hold on to them. Be wise today. Be wise today to know the area that God wants to work on you. It's the truth. <clears throat> the greatest lie I believed in the beginning of my journey, that discipline... That discipline, or for me to face discipline, I have to face it in a negative way? No, I don't face discipline in a negative way anymore. I face it in a positive way. You know why? Because I see the end result. The end result, I'm going to be free with the Lord. Number, number three, this is the biggest one. Are we ready? Are we ready, someone? Please don't be too quiet like this. You make me worried. The teaching from the Word of God is very direct. It's the truth. As long as we don't let go of the standard of truth, we can all climb towards that. Very quick we can climb. The sooner you know what God wants to do in you, the sooner you can be free. Is that true? It's true. Number three, the doorway to confidence and you are to make this your friend. You want to know? 
anyone. So many Christians, I believe, are suffering from this one here. Do you want to know? Contentment. Confidence is your contentment. Well, read the word. Whoever wants to go and look up that word, confidence. The word is content. Did you hear? Everyone's quiet now. Look how God deals with this now. I want to be confident in the Lord. Yield where you resist temptation and you resist habits of the flesh. The third one now is contentment. And that's not only with money. You can, you can not, you can, there's many areas in your life where you're not content. You begin to see here the area that God is beginning to focus. Confidence is birthed with contentment. Can I tell you something? When you're content, Christ is the only one that you seek. Are we hearing? When you're content, Christ is the only one you're going after. There's no more distractions in your life. Discontentment produces so much distraction. Do we agree? I just shared 40 minutes before about people that are not content. 40 minutes. Hebrews 13.5 Contentment is the doorway to God's blessing. How many people here are waiting to God to bless them? He cannot bless a, a, a person who's not content. He cannot. He can only bless someone who is content. So let's say I want to be confident in the Lord. One of the major foundations of confidence is a heart that's content. Are we taking notes, someone? I'll be taking notes of this, definitely. How many people are not content with their life? How many people are not content with their situation? You begin to think, is it really the life that I'm living? Is it really my situation or is it my heart? How many people are content with the house they live in? How many people are content with the money in their account? How many people are content with what they have now in their life? Nothing will ever get better until you know that there's greed inside your heart. No one, nothing will ever change when you've come to terms that you're not content as a person. So someone here wants to pray in confidence and walk in confidence with God. 
and you don't have a heart that's content, you'll never be confident. Because your confidence will be based on what you can get, not who you have in Christ. Is Christ enough? Don't say yes. Tell him, I'm not content. Because believe me, me and every person here can say the same. Lord, teach me to be content. Teach me. You always hear the disciples speaking, teach me, teach me, Lord, teach me, teach me. When he can teach you, you've entered into his discipline. When you tell the Lord, teach me, you've entered into his discipline. He can begin to work with you. Don't say you're, you're content. Believe me, you're bringing more danger to yourself. When you say, Lord, teach me to be content, Lord, you search my heart, see if there's any offensive way, you enter into his discipline. He starts to work slowly. Everything is slow with the Lord because he has to work properly. See, he's already not content. So how many people here, they're not confident, uh, sorry, they're not content in their life? And they've made it to be something that hasn't come to pass yet. It's your heart. It's your heart. There can be greed. There can be the love of money. It can be identity. It can be many areas. But you start to see the areas where confidence is produced, between you and God, you start to see what you're lacking. Can I say something to you? You're coming here every week. Your life is between you and God. You have to be pleasing Him. Forget about us here. Your life, God put you here on earth. It's about you and Him. Don't you want to fix that bridge? between you and Him, where you live a life true to Him? Your life between you and Him. When I started to read the Scriptures, I wanted to repair that bridge between me and Him. I don't care about anything else. I want to make sure that I'm pleasing Him. That's the only thing that matters to me now. That's the only thing how I read the scriptures now. I want to make sure that I'm living for Him. And I'm not deceived. And when I search the scriptures like that, you, can, you always remain teachable. Because your focus is to please Him. My focus is not what He can do through me. My focus is to please Him. Because if my focus is what He can do through me, then that can be for myself. And the people around me. But when my focus is to please Him, my focus remains on Christ alone. Are we understanding someone? Am I speaking good English? When, when, when it's about what God can do through me, it's for the people. It can be for myself. But when I'm wanting to please Him, it's for Him alone. Don't you care about your life? Don't you care about your life? Every day is your focus to please Him. 
I, I speak what God speaks to me. This is how he speaks for my own heart. But every day I want to please him. And that means he has my time. Time is, the, is, the, is the, one of the most important ways that I'm pleasing him by giving him my time. Someone says the gift of life. I don't see it like that. It's the gift of time. It's not the gift of life. It's the gift of time. I'm going to read you a scripture at the end. You start to see God's registered every minute on earth. He's registered it. Every minute of your life is registered to see how you spent it on earth. And yes, I want to be confident with the Lord. When I pray, I'm confident by God's grace. Because each day, I'm looking to better myself to be close to Him. It doesn't matter what comes against me. People here, they say, you don't know what's coming against me. You don't know the challenges I face. I face them all, same as you. But I understand I have to keep going forward. What does Paul say? Forgetting the former and moving towards the forward. Do we understand? And that's the issue, forgetting the former past. We don't want to forget the past. We want to live in that pain of the past. Live in the defeat of the past. Live in the challenges of the past. When I wake up every morning, life starts again. You have to erase the past and start again. That's one of the secrets of living with Christ. That's one of the secrets of overcoming your past. The next day comes, I've forgotten what I've done in the past. I've forgotten what's happened in that day. You know why? Because I have to start again. So, let's read it here. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. These are the truths I tell myself every day. God knows how to sustain me. Let's read the next one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever in the circumstance. I know what it means, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Powerful scripture. I can do all, all this through Him who gives me strength. Now everyone reads this scripture, they don't read the scripture before that. Because the other scripture says, your strength is contentment. Everyone reads this one, I can do things, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. They didn't read the scripture before that. Contentment. Paul needed things. Paul had things, but he learned to be content. You know why? His satisfaction is Christ. 
His satisfaction is Christ. I'm sharing here how confidence is developed. Jesus wants us all to be confident with Him. Now look at this here, yielding, contentment. Now we're going to see the next one. We go to Luke 12, 15 quickly. This is Jesus speaking. The greatest lies of thinking. The greatest lies of thinking that life consists of the abundance of possessions. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greeds. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. The quicker you know that what you have here on earth, you will not take to heaven, the quicker you will stop seeking that. Let's go to number four. Number four is obedience. Hebrews 5, verse 7 to 9, quickly. Now this verse is talking about when Jesus offered his life. And look what it says here. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear. Now, did he have to? Did he have to write that there? Jesus is the Son of God. He could have been. He could have been heard without doing anything. He put this in for us to show us that we are to live as Christ lived. So do we. Now, look at this here. And he was heard because of his godly fear. Number one. Now, look at the next scripture. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, let me ask you a question here. When suffering comes to you, do you learn the lesson that God is trying to teach you? Because you can suffer through pride, right? You can suffer through pride. You can suffer through fear. You can suffer through different or wrong situations that you have made. Are you learning? Are you learning what God is trying to get into? You know what he's trying to get into? He's trying to produce godly fear inside of you. Next scripture, please. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who what? Obey him. Now he's not saying believing, now he's saying obey. Obedience is the highest level. That you're walking with Christ. First John chapter three, verse eighteen to twenty-two. This is a powerful one as well. <clears throat> now we're we ready. It says, "My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before Him." For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Amen? Now he's showing us here that if our hearts condemn us by the way that we're living, he knows that. We can come to him to get cleansed for that. 
but there's a different truth here that's going to come to you now. Next scripture, please. Uh, go back one. Did I read that one? Now look at this here. Look at this here. Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Now look at this here. He's talking about now there are, there are a sect of believers who his hearts are not condemned. Why? 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 Because you're pleasing him. Now the, there's a believers that are not pleasing him, but God's offering his mercy for them. There is a believer now who is not con condemned and have confidence towards God because they're pleasing him. Now look at this here. And whatever we ask, you see that? You see with condemnation, there's a confidence is blocked. Because when you're condemned, you're living in the way of your flesh. It says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his command, commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Can you see? Can you see here? Someone will, someone will say to me, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Yeah? If you're living in the flesh, there is condemnation. If you're choosing to live for sin, there is condemnation. If you're living away from the Spirit, there is a condemnation. There is a lack of confidence. It's true. We must come to terms what is actually happening in our life. Go to Job 36.11, please. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So obedience speaks so loud. When you begin to see this, when you begin to see this truth, you have to know that God's word is eternal. What God has said, it's settled. When you begin to work on the area of your life and know where confidence is drawn from, you'll begin to change. You know, you know Christianity today, you know where they draw their confidence from? Emotionally. They hear that God loves them, they emotionally, they get happy. That's not enough. We have to change. We have to change. The truth is not emotional. The truth is the truth. The truth produces joy. We have become so emotional without the change. We're looking, for, we're looking for something to hold on to that God loves us. Look at the cross. He died for you. He's inviting you now to change and to live true to Him now. Number five, trust. Go to Isaiah 26.3, please. Is everyone still awake? So what was the first one I spoke about? 
What was the first one I spoke about? Well, so the first one I spoke about is to make your friend. The second one is to yield. What does yield mean? Resist temptation and resist habit that produce from the flesh. The third one, contentment. These are good listeners, great listeners. Fourth one, obedience. You got that one. So the fifth one now is trust. I'm going to speak about the enemy of trust and why so many believers fall short. When, when it comes to breaking point. I will speak about it. It says here, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. There's a promise there. Whose minds are steadfast because they trust in him. Now can I ask you a question? What's the enemy of trust? For a believer today, reflect now upon your lives. Reflect upon your lives. When it comes to trusting, what makes you make the wrong decisions? What do you think births that to make the wrong decisions? Anyone? Let's see who can get this one. Fear? Fear? Temptation? Unbelief? <laughs> uh, heart? When it comes to making or trusting him, what do you think uh, tampers that? What's that? Double-minded? Double yeah. What's that? Jealousy? No. <laughs> Anyone else? Emotions? Close? I'm looking for one word. Unconfidence. That's good, bro. Good one, bro. Thanks for trying. Insecurity, close. Back to Google, bro. What's that? Pride. Pride. It starts with D. It starts with D. Disobedience. Disobedience. No, 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 not, not disobedience. <laughs> I'm gonna hug you. I'm gonna hug you after. I'm gonna. Get another one. D, but E E. So D E. You bought a vowel. D E. So D E. Huh? Deceit. D E D E S. I want him to get it. D E S. Wow. He's gonna go back to school. Huh? D E S. You, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? D E S P. <laughs> My friend, you're paying too much, not Monopoly. <laughs> uh, desperation. Yeah. 
Clap, clap for him. Clap for him too. The enemy of trust, when things come at breaking point, desperation makes you make forced decisions. Desperation. It's good, desperation. Desperation makes you make forced decisions and rust decisions. The two enemies of trust. When we are desperate, we look for anything, even something that's enticed by the devil to get us out. Isn't that true? That's why the Bible keeps talking, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting. In the waiting, God sees who's going to pass the test. Everything can be coming against you. All the things that are raging inside of you, those fears, those doubts, those insecurities. And there's a word that the devil gets. Most believers, out of God's promise, desperation. Are you a target of that? Are you a target of that? Have you been targeted by that? Desperation. We make rush decisions and forced decisions. Quick decisions. Quick, get us out of trouble. We make impatient decisions, fearful decisions, because of the word desperation. We look for any way, for anything to fix our problem. Can anyone hear? We're talking about confidence with the Lord here. We're talking about the components that makes us confident. And we have one enemy here now, one big enemy, desperation. Especially when he starts to discipline inside and the war is happening, we look for anything, even Christians, to get us out of trouble. But God's trying to do some a deeper work inside. <clears throat> so I wrote two things here. Never make decisions when you're desperate and never make decisions when you're hurting. The two. The two that are always by the flesh. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. This is the Holy Spirit kept speaking to me about the scripture four weeks ago. And I want to share it with you because it's very powerful. So God is in heaven, right? God is in heaven and he's watching his sons and his daughters to do something. He's watching them from heaven now. He's watching them that allows him to move. Are we ready? Let's look at it. <coughs> what is God watching? Desperation talks about what you feel. 
Look what it says here. God is watching what? God is watching what? What is God watching from heaven now? <clears throat> because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. What is he watching? What is he watching that prompts him to move? What is he watching? God is watching. He's watching to what? What does he want to do with his word? He wants to perform it in your life. He wants to perform it. Where does he want his word to land? In your mouth or your heart? That's the issue. We're so good at landing it from the mouth. <laughs> We're not so good at letting it do the work in your heart. Think about that. God is watching his word to perform it. Think about that. Every aspect of your life, God is watching his word to perform it in your life. <clears throat> Quickly. I keep going, yeah, I'm, I want to finish this. Where do you place your confidence in? Number one, the biggest one out of all of the five. Control. People try to control their situation. We think if, if our circumstances change, then we will be confident. The biggest lie if our circumstances change in our life, then we will gain confidence. That's not true. Jesus is our confidence. Just think about that. Number two, money. We think the more money we have will bring confidence in our life. Another big lie. Number three, achievements. We think accomplishing goals in our life or work will bring confidence. Number four, pleasures. We think feeling pleasures will give us confidence. Number five, the people. We think people liking us or respecting us will bring us confidence. <clears throat> These are characteristics of low self-esteem which produces the lack of confidence in your heart. Self-criticism, self-reliance, sadness, self-doubt, People-pleasing, shame, fear of failure, stress, feelings of hopelessness, guilt. Now this is a big one here. Negative thinking, to see the worst as aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen. Difficulty accepting positive feedback or compliments, suspicious or distrusting of others, and their motives. The question you must ask yourself, what are the hardest things for you to pray about? Is it your emotions, unresolved sins, needs or desires or pain or fear? From today, 
Decide to be courageous and pray about the hardest things. Make a choice to trust God at the end of your prayer. Let's go to Psalms 139. We finish off here. Now, let's read. Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessings on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become light. You made all... But even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O God, if only you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. So you begin to see here, God knows everything about you. And you see one major area, that is lacking in Christianity today, and it's called confidence. Confidence is the gate to faith. And God wants us to be confident. And confidence is how you surrender. Confidence is how you surrender your life to Christ. Think about that. Confidence is how you overcome the carnal man. That's where your confidence is. Confidence is how you are obedient to God. That's how your confidence is. It's not how much you know. And it's not what you do for Him. It's how you overcome.
So think about it today. We come here to hear the word from God, and it's true. The way that God does confidence or builds confidence in you is not the way that many people think. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to rule and walk in the Spirit because that's where our freedom is. Amen? Are we understanding? Yes. Our freedom is in the surrendering. And let me tell you something. No one can underestimate the power of the flesh. Work little by little with God. Don't look for big hurdles. Work with the small ones first. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Learn from today. Let Jesus invite you up rather than you go and forcing yourself. In my journey just over 10 years, every day I focus on trying to please Him and keep my heart obedient to Him. Whatever He chooses to do and invite me to that place, He's welcome. But let him do it. Because when he does something, it lasts forever. No matter where you are in your journey, Jesus can do it. And I tell you the truth. I started in a tip. That's what I smelled inside of me. A rubbish tip. And I didn't even want to look at that place because there were so many doors that had to be closed. And he is willing. He is willing and he can do it. But be true. And never decide something, let him decide it for you. You're coming to the Holy Spirit here today. We're not coming to man. We're coming to the Holy Spirit who moves mountains. We come to the Holy Spirit who transfers you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son that He loves. The Holy Spirit's involved in this. It's not man's words. The Holy Spirit, He does it for us today. He's been left here in this place to mimic Jesus on earth. Open your hearts because you're coming to Him. You must know that in a moment the Holy Spirit can deal with something. In a moment the Holy Spirit can break something off you. Don't be discouraged from the past. Don't be discouraged of things that you tried to deal with in your own strength and they didn't shift. The Holy Spirit can do it. Amen. We as Christians, we come demonstrating the power 
what the power to heal or to cast out demons. No, the power to overcome. This is the true power. The power to live by the Spirit. That's the true power. The power to overcome and to rule over the flesh. That's the true power. And that's where Jesus wants us. Open your hands. <clears throat> in our journey, we are not doing this on our own. We have the Holy Spirit involved. Can anyone hear? We are not doing this journey on our own. The Holy Spirit's with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. We are not doing this on our own. Give Him your attention. Give Him your focus. The Holy Spirit's with us. And the Bible is true. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. He's with us. Jesus knows that we cannot overcome in the natural. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works on our behalf. And He is with us. He breaks chains and He brings you to level ground. So wherever you are in your journey, I'll tell you the truth, Jesus will break it and deliver you. Any obstacle, small or big, any challenge that stands in front of you, any giant, Jesus will break it. Just trust Him. The Holy Spirit showed me in the beginning when I was worshipping, there are some parents here who their children have gone astray or they have gone the wrong path. Uh, the Holy Spirit shows me he'll, He's going to bring them. For the, some people here, they need to hear this. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord, and we give you all the glory, Lord. To you belongs all the glory. We love you, Lord, and we honor you in this place. Thank you for all that you have done, and thank you for what you're going to do. We love you, Lord. This place is where we want you to dwell. We trust you, Lord. It's by your grace that we stand. It's by your mercy that we approach you. It's by your love that we will never be rejected. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your love that, that frees us so we can live for you. Hallelujah to your name. Holy Spirit, free them. Allow them to be free. Thank you, Jesus. Any scheme of the devil, any tactic of the devil, we command them now to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Any forms of bondage or oppression, or any attacks over their mind, any lies that they have accepted to be true, we break it now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you. We thank you, Lord.
We thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. We rely on you, Lord. We trust you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you bless them in this fast. And I pray from today, Lord, that they give you their hearts in the fasting, that they open their hearts to you. Thank you, Lord. Help them, Lord, to understand how you work with them. Thank you, Holy Spirit's coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There is a young girl here, maybe maybe one, maybe more than one, where she's been rejected by her family. And she's struggling so much living on her own and trying to do life on her own. And she's facing like fearful, suicidal thoughts. I, I'd like to pray for you, please. There's maybe more than one. Thank you, Jesus. Your situation will change. Jesus is inviting you to come. Don't worry about the people here. We all have a past. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, the Lord could. There's more. 